Welcome to Sex Communication, a project aimed at changing how people talk about sex. It features audio recordings of sex acts, extremely frank conversations, and many confessionals. Please note that our content is explicit and uncensored. And while these episodes may indeed arouse you, the intent is to inform and inspire. Join us now for a judgment and shame-free exploration of sex. Sexy, sexy, sex stuff. Sex. Hello and welcome to episode 54. This is the quickie episode detailing how I got off from July 29th to August 4th of 2019. Well, my dears, the great summer dildo experiment of 2019, uh, it was a fail. <laughs> I, uh, I mentioned on last week's quickie episode that my intention for this week was to use the dildo dildo, as in the non-vibrating dildo that I have, as it was intended, which is taking advantage of its ability to adhere to a surface, um, and that my intention specifically was to place it on the floor, but close enough to a wall so that while I was straddling it, I was also able to take advantage of, like, having my nipples in contact with said wall. And I can tell you the logistics just did not work out. Um, Getting the dildo close enough to the wall so that the contact was possible was inconvenient and awkward. My face was like right up on the wall. I was so close. I couldn't use um, the wand vibrator that I was using because like, That thing is, it's over a foot, probably a foot and a half. I don't really know. But, you know, I can't angle it to my clit and then it's like pushing against the wall. And then the further I am against the wall so that I can use the wand, then I'm too far so that I can't have my nipples, you know, in contact with the wall. So it was just like, like one or the other. It was just a big pain in the ass. So (laughs) I gave up. I got up with the thing hanging from between my legs, got into bed and went at it as I normally do. Though, you know, having kind of awakened the desire to have my nipple stimulated, of course, all the porn that I was looking at involved that in some way. Um, I'm sure you're all really surprised. But yeah, so it it was funny with the list of porn. I actually started with one of the clips that um, one of the gentlemen who had come over so that I could photograph the states of his flaccid and erect penis. Um, I used one of those clips. It wasn't great though. So I wound up going into my own little wormhole. I started searching for bondage nipple play, which I thought was going to be much more. I just thought it was going to yield different results than it did. Really underwhelming stuff. And uh, yeah. Anyway, so I was going back and forth between Pornhub and Google and X Hamster and um, I don't know. I wound up the clip I was watching when I got off, and this really is kind of happenstance. Not really like, oh, this clip was great, and this is what got me to orgasm because it was a little weird and kind of really turned me off in the end. So it was Japanese. Again, a big shocker. Um, And I think the caption described her nipples as long nipples, but that's not really the word I would use. I mean, they were long, but it was as if she was coming off of a different shoot where um, like maybe somebody had used thread or something and bound, like, you know, wrapped it around her nipple so that the end of her nipple looked like a giant skin tag. Okay, both of them did. So both nipples look like these giant, like, 
larger than a pencil eraser size skin tags that are super wobbly and look like they're going to come off. They're going to detach from her breasts at any point. And it was just, it was really weird. It was really weird. Um, but <laughs> by the time, like this was becoming more and more evident because they were changing kind of the angle that they were shooting and, you know, the close up and whatever. But in the beginning it was like, okay, she has big tits or whatever. This guy's touching her. And like, I was able to just, you know, I got off from that before it took this turn and I was like cringing and had it turned off. Um, but of course I will provide you links to all of these things so you can see for yourself. Um, and as, so this was last night, my big dildo experiment slash fail. Uh, yeah. And before that, there were two other nights this week that I did get off with the toys, no porn. Um, so my sex drive was pretty consistent. I mean, I was still busy and there were still, you know, scheduling things to be mindful of, but I did make it happen three times this week. Um, but another thing that kind of came up with this dildo experiment slash failure was, I'm just in this place now where it's like, I really want to have real life person sex. Um, yeah, it's one thing using the toys as I normally do. I'm in bed, whatever. Like there's this association that, you know, this is my masturbation practice. It's like this personal solo thing or mutual, whatever, but it doesn't involve contact with another person. Like it doesn't evoke those memories or sensations or desires. Really. It's kind of like its own thing. But when I was trying to make the dildo work and I'm straddling it and I'm in a totally different physical position, you know, where like I'm on my knees and my body is upright. Like as soon as I lowered myself down onto it, it was like this flood of, uh, I didn't, I was just so, <laughs> so desiring of sitting atop a person, like having the experience of the contact, all that skin to skin contact and the pressure and the weight of, you know, of another person when you're fucking like multiple people or one person or whatever, but just all of that, that, you know, sensory overload, right? Well, not even overload, but just sensory stimulation, just craving it so much. And then it was making me remember that other times this week, not about sex specifically, but I've been in kind of this partner lust phase. Eh, I don't know. I don't know what's bringing it up. If it is brought up by anything, it's just a natural like ebb and flow of being a single person. Um, and even with being a single person, it doesn't mean that I don't want to have a partner. It's just like, I do not have a partner right now. Um, and I don't count like any of the instances that I play with people to really count towards that. Like, yes, I may refer to them as like a play partner or an activity partner, but like, there's something very, very different about a partner partner. And it is something that I, I would really enjoy. You know, I really, I, you know, crave, I don't know, if, like definitely craving the physical part of it. <clears throat> But um, I have a longing, I would say, you know, I have a longing to, you know, kind of have something deeper and lasting and more fulfilling, um, which makes some other developments of the week a little 
a little distracting or, you know, I don't know. They're just making me think a little. And by that, I'm referring to, so, you know, I have the one guy from the masturbation party that contacts me frequently and, you know, we dabble. Still no penetrative sex. But then there's this other guy that's kind of come into the realm. Um, I would call him an acquaintance on a way to being a friend. Um, he's younger and he, he is appealing and he's certainly like making a case for himself that, you know, that he's great at it, blah, blah, blah. But not in the way, like there are guys that do that and it's like, (laughs) yeah, okay. And then other times, like you have a sense when they're doing it too, that there's, there's some substance behind the hype, right? Um, especially for him being as young as he is, like <laughs> to have this this bravado about him, um, it's kind of appealing. And he also has like okay, so I'm going to be forty this this month, and I don't want to call myself a cougar, but like I'm not I'm not an idiot. I know that I'm definitely in that that bucket right now, as much as I hate the term, but just going with that. Uh, in my opinion, in my experience, there are two types of cougar bait, right? You have the type of young, innocent, fragile, corruptible type. And then there's the young, skilled, moldable type, right? So like the first type I would say is like the appeal is is in that fragility, is in their vulnerability, and then them coming to you completely like naive and you just completely being able to shape them in any way that you want, but also like you might break them, you know, and there's something very appealing because there's this power dynamic that's created by that possibility. The second type, which this guy I think falls into, uh, you know, and as already demonstrated by his claim that he's as skilled as he is, you know, so he's definitely young, but to come to it with some skill, some experience, some, some mileage on him, you know, but still like the youth aspect adds that moldability feature, which, you know, then qualifies him as cougar bait. Like if somebody had none of these things, but was still young, like they wouldn't necessarily be bait. They'd just be young. But uh, he does have this very specific (laughs) appeal to him. Anyway, so he's been making his case. And I, you know, nothing concrete has happened, mostly because, you know, like, it's one thing to see a person and find them physically attractive and, you know, like, both of you stating the openness to something happening or maybe they're expressing, you know, more explicit attraction or whatever, But for me, like the chemical thing is such a big part of my decisions and who I engage with sexually that, um, you know, I really need more information with him. Um, You know, we've been in the same room, obviously, because we we have like a social circle that we share, but I've never been in that situation with him where I was kind of going at it with this intention of, of finding out the information that I'm seeking, right? So, like, I don't know how he smells. I haven't been close enough to him physically that I know that, and in not being close enough to him physically to know that, I also don't know how I have, like, 
how my skin will react to him, you know, like what the physiological reaction is going to be, which is so important. So I don't know, I might have more to share next week. But the reason I was bringing this up is because it's just kind of funny that he's kind of emerged as this possibility in the same week that I'm really struggling with these desires to um, to be involved with something much deeper and more concrete. And uh, yeah, so it just it puts me in that position where it's like, probably I should not engage with him at all. Like, you know, that it's a matter of me being intentional with this, intentional with partners. It's like, yes, I enjoy having these experiences, but are these experiences going to support my larger intention of having a partner, right? Like a real partner. Now, I don't know that this guy has that potential. I don't think he does, but you know, never say never. But, um, the two things just don't seem like, like his appearance is in support of this, this partnership thing. So, you know, if I want to be intentional about that, then I have to be intentional about what I allow myself to do. Um, and like really focus on, the thing that I want to get instead of just being like, okay, I'm going to do all these things along the way and just hope that it leads somewhere. This is not how it works. Anyway. Um, another thing I did want to mention before I end this quickie episode, uh, is today is August 5th. And if you've been following along on graphic pain at all, you will be aware of the fact that I submitted a proposal to speak at South by Southwest 2020 which is a big conference. It could be a total game changer for the site, for this podcast, for like all of the projects that I've got my fingers in. Um, And my proposal idea is using sex and porn online to change the world IRL, Uh, which if that sounds at all familiar, it should, because this is kind of a deeper dive into the ethos behind graphic paint and all of graphic paints projects. Um, The proposal is for a 15-minute panel, and in that panel, I would use my time to describe how changing the context of explicit materials could possibly improve human communication and experience. But also, I want to explore the application of abstract and purely aesthetic means of sorting um, pornography specifically, because pornography is very subject-based, right? Like, when we search for porn or anything sexually related, sexual wellness, sexual tips, questions. It's all about subject, you know, it's about who the participants are, what the activity is. It's all subject, subject, subject. How might the experience of that change if we applied a purely aesthetic uh, means of interacting with it? Anyway, if you'd like to know um, more about this proposal and even see a short little lo-fi video that I recorded kind of explaining the, the three parts of the proposal and how I would explore them, you can go to the link that I'm going to include in the episode notes. And this link is also available on the sex podcast page on graphic pain. It's also available on the homepage. It's also available in my profile on Instagram for graphic paint. Um, so yeah, the community voting is open from today, August 5th until August 23rd. And the community voting portion is a pretty significant part of the whole selection process. So I can use all the support I can get. Like I said, this would be a real game changer to have this platform 
and I kind of speak about these ideas and get these ideas out there and in people's minds and on people's tongues. So I'm going to include that link. I encourage you, please, if you have any, any affection at all for this project or any of these ideas, um, please vote for the idea and also share the link and the idea with people that you know, like really let's spread the word as much as we can. I would really appreciate that. Um, so that's about it. As always, I will include all of the links to the porn I watch and until the regular episode on Thursday, I wish you many orgasms. Have a great week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of sex communication. Did you dig it? Tell a friend, subscribe, leave a review on iTunes, send an email. I really would love for you to do all of these things. And if you'd like to know more about this project, visit graphicpaint.com slash sex podcast for additional episodes and background on how this all began. And if you'd like to be a part of this podcast, send an email to sex at graphicpaint.com. Every story and experience is valuable. So why not do an interview or submit your own filthy audio? Be a part of our revolution and help us spread the message of sexy self-acceptance.